to speak when you speak to move when you move to hate what you hate and love what you love and I learn to speak when you speak to move when like fire with eyes like fire you see fire dividing me from flesh and spirit you reveal everything yes you do with feet like burnished bright Okay. 
you for your perspective Oh, for access to your perspective Oh, I thank you for your perspective this morning For access, for access
And you chose me And you invite me Again and again you chose me And you invite me I want to begin today by making this statement and then I am going to do the very best that I can to clarify it in a very limited amount of time. So let me begin, though, by making this statement, first of all. To understand the person and the work of Holy Spirit, we first must understand the person and work of Jesus Christ. Did you hear me? Before you or I or anyone can understand the work and the person of Holy Spirit. In fact, say this with me because I want, if you'll say it, it's going to find a place in you where it might find some ground to have to consider this statement over and over again. Say this with me. To understand, to understand the, work the work and person, and person of, Holy Spirit, of Holy Spirit, I must first, I must first understand, understand the, work the work and person of Jesus, Christ. of Jesus Christ. Thank you. You don't have to repeat the rest of this. But this is where, or it is here, this lack of understanding, it is here where so many people, too many people within the church stumble and they miss an open door for their relationship with the Father. It's in this place, a lack of understanding of the relationship between Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ and the Father, it is here where people stumble and trip up over themselves. They get all tangled up with what they believe or who to pray to or when to pray or how to pray or who do I talk to. And it inhibits them from being, being able to enter into fully what the Father wants them to be able to do. And let me, let me explain this. Because, and I'll, I'll again uh, refer back to this and then we're going to read in John 15. If I'm going to understand the work of Holy Spirit, it is absolutely necessary that I understand what the work and the person of Jesus Christ is. For most of the church, when I talk about the work or the person of Jesus Christ, which I'm not going to get into a lot today, we will just enough to help you understand Holy Spirit. But for most people in the church world today, maybe some in this room, certainly some of you probably that are watching online, but for most people in the church world today who call themselves believers, for most of them, everything about their relationship with God revolves around Jesus Christ. And you are coming up short, if that's the extent of it. That's hard if you think, wait a minute, everything about the kingdom of God is about Jesus Christ. No, it is not. You come into, to understand the work and the person of Jesus Christ, we understand, and let me say this quickly, to, come, to know the Father, I must receive His Son who is To know the Father, I must receive His Son, who is? 
But I must understand, I also must understand, I have to take it a step further and understand that to know the Father, I receive Jesus Christ, I have to come to the place where I understand why and what is the purpose and to what extent is Jesus Christ working in my relationship with the Father? Is the totality of receiving, is receiving Jesus Christ the complete relationship that I have with God? Does it fulfill my relationship with God? Because I receive Jesus Christ, I repent of my sins, that is an open door to everything else. The problem with too much of the church or the challenge with so much of the church today is that they don't accept that there's everything else. They don't accept that there's more than Jesus. Don't misinterpret what I'm saying today. There's nothing more than Jesus that can get me to the Father. His purpose is to get me back to his daddy. But getting me back to his daddy isn't where he wants me to stay. He doesn't want to introduce me to his daddy and say, isn't he a nice guy? He wants me to become his brother. He wants me to become a son to his daddy. And he wants me to receive and to grow and to learn and to have power to resist the enemy in the same way he had power to resist the enemy. Did Jesus Christ have power to resist the enemy because he was Jesus Christ? No. Being Jesus wasn't enough. That same spirit that raised up Christ from the dead dwells in me. It quickens my mortal body, causes my eye to see. Jesus wasn't enough of himself to get himself off that cross. Somebody needs to hear what I'm telling you this morning. Because you're going to learn something today. Jesus wasn't enough to come out of that grave. There was a part of the Father that He had to draw on that made Him go, Wow! I feel it deep in my bones. The shroud is about to be removed, not because I'm unwrapping it, but something 
equal with me. As much a part of the Father as I am is doing some unwrapping right now. Allowing me to be revealed to be the person that I was called and purposed to be. Jesus could not become the resurrected son until Holy Spirit unwrapped the things on him that man had applied. You cannot become the resurrected son or daughter you're called to be unless we invite Holy Spirit to come and begin to unwrap the things that hinder us from knowing what it is to be a full-grown son or daughter. Does anybody hear me in this place this morning? This is what this series is about. This is what it's about. It's about an unwrapping. It's about coming out. It's about a shroud being removed, a blindness, a curtain, a veil that has hindered you and me from being able to enter into and engage fully every promise that God has for you and me. Somebody needs to listen to what I'm talking about this morning. You better get ready to grow. You better get ready to learn and you better get ready to be changed. You better get ready because I'm telling you, if you will allow the power of the Holy Ghost to begin to change and begin to unwrap you, something incredible is going to happen in you. Not just in your mind, not just in your feet, not just in your hand, but in your spirit, in your soul, in your body, in the deepest part of who you are. You better get ready. So for me to understand the power and the work of Holy Spirit, I have to understand the purpose, the person, and the work of Jesus Christ. Jesus came because he was sent. Can we agree? That's what the Bible says. God sent his only begotten. He came because he was sent. Scripture says he, in obedience to his father, he died. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he arose. Whew. Somebody needs to get what I am telling you today. Some of us have been trying to rise by the power of Jesus. And God said, you can, you're not going anywhere by the power of Jesus. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit. That same Spirit that raised Him from the dead dwells in you. You ready to grow? You ready to learn? See, now we're on one of my favorite subjects. So I'm going to try to... Divide this up over eight weeks instead of keeping you here for eight days. <laughs> he was sent. He demonstrated. He died. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, he arose. And then something incredible happened that was difficult to receive 2,000 years ago and seems just as nearly impossible for people to receive today. 
something incredible happened that was so phenomenal and so amazing and even Christ himself was so excited about. I've got to go away. You got to what? I'm about to go away. No, don't go. I'm about to read it. Something so amazing happened. He was so excited because he knew what power had raised him. He knew, think about it, it wasn't just that Holy Spirit raised him from the dead. It was also that Holy Spirit enabled him and empowered him to resist the enemy when the enemy came. When he was tempted in every way that man would ever be tempted. But the presence of Holy Spirit in his life enabled him to live his life without sin. Anybody hearing what I'm saying? It wasn't because Jesus was Jesus. It was because Jesus was empowered by that part of God that comes to those who will receive him and enable us to accept that I'm a son today. I'm born again because of the blood of Jesus Christ. But then, but then, let's read in John 15. Open your Bibles, please, and to John chapter 15. We're going to begin with verse 18, and we're going to read a little bit. So just bear with me. It starts like this. If the world hates you, first of all, know that it has hated me before it hated you. It didn't like me. It's likely not going to like you, but it might. If you are of the world, the world would love you as its own, but because you are not of this world, but I chose you out of the world, the world hates you. That's why they don't like you, because the world doesn't like what's different. The world doesn't like what it can't understand. The world doesn't like what it can't kill. The world doesn't, it doesn't mind that it can't raise it from the dead, but it wants to kill it. It's okay if it can't resurrect it, but it's not okay if it's not allowed to kill it. Remember the word that I said to you. A servant is not greater than his master if they persecuted me. I'm going to really try, by the way, to stay on track because I'll get into week eight before I get through week one. If I had not come and... uh, Let's see. uh, Remember the word that I said to you in verse 20. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they'll keep yours. But all these things they will do to you on account of my name because they do not know him who sent me. They're really going to be challenged by you because they don't know the one who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not have been guilty of sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin because I revealed it. I exposed it. Whoever hates me, they also hate my daddy. If I had not done among them the works no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have seen and hated both me and my father. But the word that is written in their law, notice how he didn't lay claim to that law? (laughs) But the word that is written in their law must be fulfilled. They hated me without cause. But when the helper comes, everybody say when the helper comes. But when the helper comes, whom I, who, who's I, who's I, 
Let's say it in unison. Jesus. But when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he's going to talk all about me. He's going to remind you of all those incredible things that I did and will do. He will bear witness about me. And you also will bear because you have been with me from the beginning. He said, let me tell you why I'm saying these things. I've said all these things to you in order to keep you from falling away because there's going to be some things that will come up that's going to uh, challenge you. In fact, there's about to be one now. He said, I told you all of that to prepare you for what's coming right now. I've said all these things to you to keep you from falling away. They will put you out of the synagogues. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think that he's doing God a favor. Killed him for you, God. And they will do these things because they have not known the Father, nor have they known me because of how they tried to know him. But I've said these things to you that when their hour comes, you may remember that I told them to you. I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you. I didn't need to tell you all about them when I was with you, but I need to tell you about them now because I'm not going to be. Does anybody ever find it odd that he refers to numerous times in Scripture about the time when he was with us, when he was with us? I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you, but now I am going to him who sent me. Everybody say, he's going. And none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away, because if I don't go away, the helper whom the Father wants to send... He's not coming. If I don't go away, the helper, everybody say the helper, who the Father wants to send, he's not coming. So he has to go. But if I go, I'm going to send him. Everybody say this with me. Say, if Jesus goes, he's going to send the Holy Spirit. And when he comes, this is what he's going to do. He's going to do what too many people are waiting on me to do. And it's not getting done because they're calling on me to do it. And it's not my job. When I'm not talking about me, I'm talking about Christ. When he comes, this is what Holy Spirit's going to do. He's going to convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they don't believe in me. He's going to say, what, you don't believe in Jesus? And then you hear a word that a preacher preaches, or a song that is sung, or a moment that you have in your car, or a place where you are for some reason, and suddenly there's something in you that convicts you and causes you to know, I need to pray. Causes you to come to a place you might not even be able to identify. It might not have been a preacher, might not have been a song, but it was something in your heart that said, Suddenly I realize I'm a sinner. That's Holy Spirit. That isn't Jesus. Jesus isn't doing that. It's happening because you're receiving the one Jesus sent. 
He said, I'm going away because I'm sending my spirit so that he can convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. He said, I want you to know when you're a sinner, and then I want you to come to the place where you can understand conviction so that when you're walking out this life, you'll understand what the difference is between right and wrong, what is moral, what is immoral, what is righteous, what is unrighteous. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father, and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Everybody say this. Get this with me. Remember, I'm setting a platform today for what's to come these next weeks. Say this with me. Jesus said, I still have a lot to say, but you cannot bear them now. However, when the Spirit of truth comes, whom I will send to you, when I go away, then, oh, he will then guide you into all truth. He will not be speaking on his own authority, but whatever he hears the Father say, that's what he's going to speak. Well, there, wait, that's not all of it? And so unprompted. And he will declare to you things which are to come. Holy Spirit sent one. It is to your advantage, Jesus said, not John or Ralph or Henry or Steve Parker. I don't want it to be to your advantage that I go away. <laughs> I want to hang around, okay? But Jesus said, it is to your advantage that I go away because when I go, I'm going to send to you the anointing, the power, the wisdom, the healing, the shroud remover, the scale off your eyes guy, the earplugs out of your ears guy, the hardened heartbreaker guy. The guy that turns the soil over in your mind and spirit. Somebody say amen. Somebody say that's what I want. Somebody say that's what I want. That's what I want. I want to see. I want to hear. I want to be changed. I want to be renewed. I want to understand. I want revelation. I want to walk in what I've not walked in. I don't want to know only about today. I want to know about tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next year. Somebody come on. Somebody shout in this house this morning. What do I want? Is it wrong to want it? So he said, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he's going to guide you into all truth. He says, I've got to go away. He says, please, please let me go. 
I'm going to share something in a moment and figure out, we can figure out where we are on our own when I share it. But he's saying, somebody, would y'all let me go? We don't want you to go. We're watching you do all these miracles and it's wonderful and we just love to, to do this and to do this and to call on this and we use your name all the time. Like every other word, we say your name. And he says, and you, and you think that's really necessary? Does saying my name more mean that you have a deeper relationship with me? Does it prop you up because it doesn't do anything for me? I'm not trying to condemn. I'm trying to grow you. Me. Us. There's no condemnation in it. But I have to understand the work in the person of Jesus Christ and the work in the person of Jesus was that he would come, that he would make a way for us to get back to the Father so that he could go again and send Holy Spirit to equip us. To grow us. So he says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth and he will speak not on his own authority, but whatever he hears the father say, he will speak and he will declare these things to you that are to come and he will glorify me. Holy spirit will glorify me for he will take what is mine and he will declare it to me, to you. He will take what is mine, declare it to you. All that the father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and he will declare it to you. Let me talk about a couple of things here. First of all, let me explain two things. First of all, religion. What is religion? Religion is what you can learn. It's mental. Religion is what can be learned. It is mental. It is about the mind. I can study it. I can rehearse it. I can do it. I can practice it. Religion is mental. It is of the mind. Religion is what you do. You do it because it's a trained thing. I learned this and I do this because it is trained. Religion is what you do without thought. You come to a place where you continue to do it. In the beginning, it had some power in it. At the end or at whatever point you might be, suddenly that thing that once had so much power and would move you, it is absent void of any power, any authority, any conviction. That's religion. Religion is what you do. Religion is law. We need to understand something here. Religion is not denomination. You hear me? Being outside of a denomination is not necessarily kingdom any more than being in a denomination is necessarily law. You know, there was a day when non-denominational churches first cropped up or popped up. People felt like they could split off from denominations. There was a day when being non-denominational, you felt like that's where all the whole, that's where spirit is. Anything within a denomination, it is just law, legalism, religion. There's a lot of it. And there's a lot of it in non-denominational churches. Independence, whatever you want to call it. It doesn't have anything to do with the denomination. doesn't have anything to do with the lack of denomination. Religion has everything to do with what is a trained practice. It is mental. It is the mind. I can learn it. I can study it. I can figure this thing out. It requires zero faith. 
Religion does not need faith because all I got to do is go to the first five books of the Old Testament and figure out what law is required of me. The kingdom, on the other hand, is something that has to be received. It is spiritual. It is by faith. The kingdom comes to us because we position ourselves to receive it. The kingdom is what you or who you become. The kingdom is spirit. We do not come or receive of the things of the spirit if we do not, first of all, receive the one who is sent to us to reveal that spirit of truth and to reveal what the kingdom is and to understand that the place where Jesus took us back to, that our daddy, our Abba Father, our Heavenly Father, Jesus got us back to Him in right relationship with Him so that I could explore all of who He is, not just look Him in the face. Do you hear me today? So why was He sent? We're talking about today, Holy Spirit sent one. So why was He sent? So let's refer back to John chapter 16 quickly. John chapter 16, verse 8. says this, and when he comes, Holy Spirit will convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment concerning sin because they do not believe in me. Do you know without receiving Holy Spirit, you won't even recognize sin? You fill in the blanks there. Without the presence and the work of Holy Spirit in our life, we will not even, there's no conviction. Somebody says, that's because we don't have Jesus. No, it is not. It's because you have not received Holy Spirit. Jesus is not the convictor. He is the reconciler. I'm not telling you anything that you don't know. I might be telling you something you have a hard time receiving. But I'm not telling you anything that's not in Scripture a thousand times. But Jesus said, I'm going to get you back to my daddy so that when you get back to my daddy, you can access the very power and authority and anointing that I access in order to be the Savior that I am. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. Because the ruler of this world is judged. How is the ruler of this world judged? He said it's imperative that I go away so I can send the Holy Spirit so that he convict and the ruler of this world is judged and all the stuff that we just read. Let's get to this point. How is a ruler of this world judged where there's an absence of Holy Spirit? The enemy loves a worldwide church that is absent Holy Spirit. You be the church all you want to be. Go ahead, church. Be the church. Be the best church you can be. Have the brightest lights and the best music. Sing and dance all you want to as long as you don't let Holy Spirit have any authority within your gathering, within your life. As long as there's no Holy Spirit, I still win. Where there's a lack of Holy Spirit, immorality becomes moral. Where there's a lack of Holy Spirit, unrighteousness becomes righteous. 
Where there's a lack of Holy Spirit, sin becomes acceptable. Where there's a lack of conviction, pride becomes expected. Is anybody hearing me in this place this morning? But where there is Holy Spirit? Where there is a sent one? Sent. Jesus said, I'm going away. And the reason I'm going away is because I'm going to send. That part of the Father to you that's going to help you know me. He says, you want to change your world? Let's change you first. You want to change your family? Let me send the Holy Ghost and let him change you first. You want to change your husband? Let me send Holy Spirit and then you receive Holy Spirit and and, and let him begin to work on you first. Instead of saying to that husband, that wife, those kids, those co-workers, those whomevers, those neighbors and everybody else. You just need a little bit of Jesus. If you just get a little bit of Jesus, you wouldn't live like that. They don't live like that because they lack Jesus. They live like that because they lack the Holy Ghost. There's all kinds of people in the kingdom of God today that have Jesus Christ and they've received Jesus Christ and they've walked down an aisle and they've stood in front of a church and they said, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I receive you today. And they are born again. And immediately when you receive Jesus Christ, I have news for you. I've got news. I've got good news. You want to know what the good news is? The good news is the moment you said, I receive you, Jesus Christ, into my life. I recognize this man or this woman as a sinner. I recognize that in me, outside of you, I have no hope. I have no tomorrow. I have no eternal promise. I recognize those things, and I receive you today, and I repent of my sins. And the moment, the moment that you do, it is so true. There is blood that washes white as snow. A crimson flow. Purifying even the worst. Resurrecting even the deadest. Giving hope again to the most hopeless. Pulling up out of a deep place the one who is so deep they could not look up and see bottom. Yes, He will do it, but what now? What next? He said, you've received me. Now let me go back to my daddy and start doing what I was created to do. I'm going to get down at the right hand of my father and I'm going to sit down beside him and I'm going to say, Daddy, I'm praying for Austin today. Daddy, I'm praying for Donna Scott today. Daddy, I'm praying for Tamisa today. And while I'm praying, I'm going to look over. Jesus said, I'm going to look over at Holy Spirit, and I'm going to say, Holy Spirit, go. I send you to Austin. I send you to Donna. I send you to Tamisa. I send you to Cletus. I send you to Steve Parker. I send you to whomever might receive you today so that you can do the work you were purposed to do from the very beginning said, I send you today. I send you to do why 
You were created in the beginning. You are that part of God that can convict a man of sin. That can convince him that there is a need for righteousness. And that can cause him to believe again and have hope again. Rise up again. That's why he sent. So what happens now? So he comes. He stirs. He moves. He convicts. Sometimes angers. Sometimes makes us uncomfortable. That's the convicting. That's the reproving. Some of it's conviction of righteousness. This is the way. Walk in it. Some of it's conviction of sin. This isn't the way. Run. But without Holy Spirit, I don't know. People today, in this room perhaps, under the sound of my voice, certainly. People today are waiting on Jesus to come and meet every need that they've got. And Jesus is saying to them, will you let me do my part? And will you let Holy Spirit do His? For the same reason that there were so many that were gathered around and He said, why has sorrow filled your heart? Because I tell you that I must go away. You should not be sorrowful because in this house today you're hearing the truth. You should be celebrating because in this house today you're hearing the truth. You should be celebrating because there's an understanding. There is a way beyond the way that I've been in. Now some of you might say, I'm full of the Holy Spirit and I trust Holy Spirit. But I'm going to tell you again the difference between religion and the kingdom is religion is law. It is rehearsed. It is a trained response. But the kingdom is spirit. It requires faith. It requires me to say there is something more. There is something beyond this place. Matthew 6. Turn with me there please to Matthew chapter 6. I want you to learn today. I want you to learn today. Matthew 6 verse 25, we'll begin there, reads like this, 6.25, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. Let me say this today, there are people, no, let me not say that yet. Let me say this, what I was going to say. Matthew 6.25, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. Let me just stop right there for a second. Who is? Don't raise your hand. What am I going to do tomorrow, man? If anybody knew what I had to do tomorrow. Steve Parker, if you understood what was due tomorrow. If you understood what was coming up. If you understood this condition of this person. Or this health thing. Or this job thing. Or this life thing. If you just understood Steve Parker, I don't have time to try to understand your calamity. I have to trust Holy Spirit with my own. And you know what's cool about that? God knew that. Jesus didn't say, I'm going away and sending Steve Parker. 
I accept that. Will you? I'm not the answer to your, pro- your troubles. Your preacher's not the answer to your troubles. If you don't go here, you're watching online, you go somewhere else, your preacher's not the answer to your troubles. If you left that church because your preacher didn't meet your needs, get your honey back in there. Stop being an idiot. It's not shame on your preacher, it's shame on you. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. I I was determined I was going to be real nice today. I think that was close. (laughs) Do not be anxious about your life. Therefore, I tell you, who sang it? Yeshua, Jesus. Look at your neighbor. Say, don't be anxious. anxious. Now ask him, are you anxious? No, 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 don't ask him. Don't ask him. There's anxiety in this room right now. I feel it. I don't have to have a scientific degree of any emotion to recognize that there's folks in this room that have anxieties. One, I got some of your emails full of it. A lot of anxiety in the email or the phone call. So I know that it's there. See, religion doesn't provide you a path. How can I say this? Let me just say it about this statement. Say this with me. Therefore, Jesus said, do not be anxious. Oh, let, me just, let me just read. Just don't, don't repeat it. Let's just go because it's, I'm going to get all of us in trouble. I tell you, do not be. I'm trying to just set a basis point, okay? Let's just stay basic. Help me, Holy Spirit. Do not be anxious about your life. Don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink. That's all some folks are thinking about. Where is my next meal coming from? It's not Holy Spirit, what's next? It's Holy Spirit, when do I eat? If it's that. It's church, Salvation Army, whomever. Help me eat. Is anybody hearing me? Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Let me read that one again. For those that feel like they constantly need an updated wardrobe. Don't worry about your body, what you will put on. Get in your closet, you have plenty already. Is not life... What? Did did that get in there? How'd that get in there? I'm not even sure how that got in there. See, that's what Holy Spirit will do. Nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life? Isn't it more fun to live than worry about food? See, that is so contrary to the natural mind. See, that's so contrary to law because law tells us eat, live, eat, live, eat, live, eat, live. Because that's what, you know, social media, that's what everybody, that's what we learn all our lives. Eat, you know, breakfast is the most important meal of the day, blah, 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 blah. We hear all of this and now that's been refuted. So who knows what the most important meal of the day. The most important meal of the day is the one I'm eating next. That's right. Whatever it is. <laughs> Which one's the most important? This one. 
Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow nor reap nor gather into barns. And yet the Father, your heavenly Father, He feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Don't you think He sees you and understands your position better than, or cares more about you than He does the birds of the air? I don't know that He cares more about you than He does the birds of the air, but He cares about you differently. He created them, so He has a fondness for them. They didn't just show up, but He cares differently about them, uh, you and me, than them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you being anxious is going to add one single hour to the span of his life? We all know that that's never going to work. Any of us that have been anxious, we know that didn't add anything to us, except an ulcer and a lack of sleep. And the greater our anxiety, is anybody relating to what I'm talking about right now? The greater our anxiety, and everybody else is lying, the greater our anxiety, the more troubled our life is. We're mad at everybody, we frustrated at everybody, we fuss at our husband, we fuss at our wives, we say things to our children we would have never said or done. I've been there. I've had to go to my wife and repent a couple times. Because <laughs> something came up that I reacted to instead of responding correct, considering and responding correctly to. Took out on her what she had no control over. She's done the same thing a couple times. And so have you. And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field. Let me move on. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They don't toil nor spin. They, you don't see, you go, out in the, you go out in the field today and there's sunshine and you don't see, and, the sun, if, and it is, it's like a summer day in Florida. You go out there, if you see a flower out there, that flower that needs water is not dancing around worried because it doesn't have water. It's not shouting out to you. You didn't walk out there and it said, Ah, Steve, give me water. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But he said, Seek ye first, seek first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. But how do you seek first the kingdom of God? You do not seek the kingdom of God without the presence of Holy Spirit. You don't seek the kingdom of God because you have Jesus. You engage the kingdom of God. Jesus Christ gives us entry into the kingdom of God. Holy Spirit gives us revelation of the kingdom of God. Let me say it again. Jesus Christ, it's in your Bible, it's in my Bible. I don't care what version you read. Christian Bible. <laughs> Let's be clear. Jesus Christ gives you, say this with me, Jesus, Jesus. gives me entry, gives me entry. Access, access to the Father. To the Father. Holy, Spirit. Holy Spirit. Don't say this with me. So he gave you access, he gave you entry to the kingdom of God. In the moment that happened, Holy Spirit descended and filled you. Jesus brought you to the Father. 
You were introduced to the Father, I receive you. And Jesus said, and now I give you Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit now says, every day, every day, every day, every day. Let me tell you more. Jesus gave you access. Let me give you revelation. Let me let your eyes see. Don't ask Jesus to open your eyes when that's my job. Don't ask Jesus to clothe you when you're naked, when that's my job. But the reason that we keep finding ourselves going around this circle over and over and over again in the church and always going back to Jesus to do what Holy Spirit was sent to do is because it is a reflection of the fact that Holy Spirit has never truly, the sent one has never truly been a received one. Is anybody hearing me? That doesn't diminish the power and the work of Jesus Christ. Without him, we wouldn't even have a need to talk about Holy Spirit. He is the Son of God. Understand this. Don't misinterpret anything that I'm saying today. This is always a dangerous subject because people do. They're Jesus, 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 Jesus. Well and good. But what about Jesus, Holy Spirit, and God working together to make me everything I'm... Why would I be okay with a half a package when I can be the whole package? When my marriage, when I, when I, when I married my wife, she didn't say, I want one third of you. And all I'm ever going to expect is a third of you. If you'll just give me a third, we'll be all right. I can tell you emphatically, that has never happened. From the very beginning, I want all, 100%. If, if I can get 110, give me 110. But baby, you are all mine. Mm. And I said, yes, I am. And this thing, baby, is reciprocal. Stop it. We got some preaching to do. <laughs> seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be. So seek first the kingdom of God. What, how am I going to do that if I don't receive the sent one, Holy Spirit? Why is it so easy for us to receive Christ and so hard for us to receive Holy Spirit? Same reason the disciples did. So, same reason the church did that when, when Jesus ascended into the heavens and he said, listen, he said, you're having a problem with me taking off. But if you really understood, if you really will, if you'll receive Holy Spirit, when he comes, when I get up there, I'm going to send him to you, and then you're going to understand why I'm there. Right. And then just leave me alone, let him do his work. Because what I'm going to be doing is interceding for you and saying, make him a better man, make her a better woman. Right. 
Help him to become a son. Help her to become a daughter. Who wants to be a better son? Who wants to be a better daughter? I do. You want to know how you get there? Holy Spirit, help me. Sent one. Help me, Holy Spirit. Let me just ask a question that requires no answer, but I do want you to answer in your own mind and heart. When's the last time you asked Holy Spirit to help you? Now let me ask it a little different. When's the last time you asked Jesus to help you? If you answered the question, probably many people would say, I asked Jesus just this morning. I asked Jesus just a minute ago to say, man, tell this guy to shut up. <laughs> well, it didn't work because he wants me to keep talking. But when's the last time you said, okay, Holy Spirit, you were sent to me. I received Jesus Christ. He gave me access to the kingdom. Now I need revelation of the kingdom. I need to understand what the kingdom is. Everything that's in it. When I, when I say the kingdom, I'm talking about everything you do and don't understand. You think you understand and the things you don't understand. Some of what you think you understand, you don't. Some of what you think you don't understand, you probably do. But it doesn't line up with religion. Just because it doesn't line up doesn't mean it's not worth accepting. You hear me today? Let's turn real quick. Mark chapter 10, verse 15. says, Truly I say to you that whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will not enter it. Mm. So he's the sent one, and today I'm setting the stage for what is to come. I can't do that without this verse right here because this helps bring it all together this morning, and I'm going to wrap this up. But Mark 10, he says, truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will not enter it. Remember when Jesus said, if you really, and I'm paraphrasing, but he said, there's a reason I, reason I let these children sit on my lap and come and talk and come and play because they have faith. And until you have faith like one of these, You'll never understand what they do. See, to them, it's okay to play around. It's okay to be loud. It's okay to dance. It's okay to do the things that you think are out of place. It's okay for them to do that because their faith isn't in pomp and circumstance. Their faith is in relationship. He said, truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a child does, he will not enter the kingdom of God. The only way to receive the kingdom of God like a child does is by faith. Faith is spirit. Religion is law and mind. I can figure it out. I can study it. People go to colleges all day long. All day. They're in college all over the world today. They're in Bible colleges all over the world today learning religion. Learning religion. Learning how to expound scripture learning how to divvy it up and divide it up, learning how to make this verse work out with that verse. Most of those people who are in Bible colleges today, I've been there, most of those people who are in Bible colleges today are going to come up at some point in their life, most all of them, are going to come to the place where they recognize and they realize, why didn't it teach me this? And what's going to happen with most of them is they're going to fall back on their education and stop relying on Holy Spirit. And the education will not produce life in anybody who's hearing anything. They're going to stand behind pulpits and they're going to preach what they've learned in a book. 
even studied in the Bible, but they will not release what they've drawn out of Holy Spirit because Holy Spirit, the sent one, was never a received one. And because he was never a received one, they were not able to engage. They were not able to enter in to the kingdom. They were not able to receive revelation of what the kingdom of God really is. See, I don't need the part of the kingdom of God that perhaps all of you need. My life isn't exactly like anybody else's life in this room. There are places in the kingdom of God, listen to what I'm telling you right now as I begin to wrap this. But there are places in the kingdom of God today that I need access to that will meet areas in my life. Areas where I have need that you don't. That no one in this room other than my wife might be aware of. There are places in the kingdom of God that I need access to. I'm not going to get access to those because I stand here just hoping. I get access because I receive the sent one. Jesus said it is imperative. It is to your advantage. 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 It is to your good. It is to your good. It is to your success. It is to your possibility that I go away. And when I go away, I'm going to send the helper, Holy Spirit, and he's going to help you explore and come into revelation of those areas of the kingdom that are specific to you. See, the kingdom of God is so vast and so large. There's things, there are things that I want to know today that would be completely irrelevant to you. Places I need him to answer for me. And the same is true of you. There are places in you that need healing. I'm going to tell you there are places within the kingdom, there are rooms, if you, to simplify this, I, I hate to simplify it that way, but for the sake of understanding, let's call it that. There are rooms within the kingdom of God that if there's a door plate on the door that would have your name on it, no one else can enter, only you. But you can only enter via access of receiving Holy Spirit. You might see the door and you might say in Jesus' name, I'm going through the door. And the Father said, that is not the key. He allows you to see it. Holy Spirit will allow you to live it. He gives you access. Holy Spirit will give you living space. Do you hear me in here today? So when we talk about God, the Holy Spirit, that part of God... What is the relevance of Holy Spirit, the sent one? That you and I can have access to all the promises of God. All those promises that if it were an umbrella, it would cover all of us. And in the same way, the promises that are specific to each of us singularly. Holy Spirit gives us the kind of access while Christ is at the right hand of the Father saying, and remember I said, we must first understand the work and person of Jesus Christ in order to be able to understand the work and person of Holy Spirit. If I understand, if I can accept that Jesus was sent that I could be reconciled. He is the reconciler. He brought me back into relationship with the Father. If I can accept that, 
And if I can accept that Jesus Christ is now interceding at the right hand of the Father for me, if I can accept that, and if I can accept that when he took up his place at the right hand of the Father, he said, Father, now send Holy Spirit so that they can enter into those places that they've been given access to, but they can only get there by receiving the sent one. 